What a thrill it is to have three commissionings to the mission field on the same day. Uh, Pete and Christine, who we've just prayed for, are being commissioned for Africa at Tapanui. And here in Cromwell, we have myself to India and then Alistair and Christina for the long term. Three continents and one day's commissionings. Uh, I don't think I've heard of anything quite like that. And it's not because we're clever and we've arranged it at all. I tell you, the Holy Spirit is just delightful in the way he surprises and manoeuvres his timings for his reasons. And so we rejoice uh, in his hand on our lives. Now, in this triple commissioning, we see Jesus' words, living and active. From the Bible passage referred to as the Great Commission, Jesus instructs his followers with these words. From verse 18, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, said Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so the Great Commission, as we have here in Matthew 28, is to go out and make disciples of all nations, including Africa, Asia, and Europe, and wherever our feet take us to. And of course, we can't all go. So when we commission and when we support missionaries like we are today, we do so knowing they are going out on our behalf. They are going for us. And so when missionaries go out and are serving in different countries, they are being our hands and our feet. And so together, united in prayer, united in the name of Jesus, we work together on this great commission. And though we rejoice in this commission and we help as much as we can, this great commission is not the greatest commission. There is a greater commission than the words that we find in the end of Matthew 28. And important though sending missionaries out is, it is our not, not our most important sending. And to help us to understand what this greatest commission looks like, uh, we're going to look at that Jeremiah passage and his call to being a prophet. Now, Jeremiah is one of the three major prophets found in the Old Testament alongside Isaiah and Ezekiel. The book that bears his name is not well read by many folk. I might be wrong, but not too many people spend time in the weeping prophet, Jeremiah. But it does take up 5% of the Bible. So who was this Jeremiah, this weeping prophet? Well, Jeremiah was active around the time Jerusalem fell to the Babylonian army. In the days and the years leading up to this calamity, time after time, Jeremiah called the Israelites back to God and to being faithful to him and his word. But the Israelites refused. And so Israel was defeated, the temple destroyed, and the people exiled to the land of Babylon. However, at the beginning of the book of Jeremiah, all this is yet to come. And we start and pick up with Jeremiah's commissioning. Jeremiah's commissioning. And so, from chapter 1, verse 4, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. Now, Jeremiah had been serving God as a priest, but now, unexpectedly, he's called to be a prophet. 
And as is common to people who are called into ministry or on the mission field or to some God adventure, there's a sense of, who me? You've got the wrong person, Lord. I'm too young. Well, some of us say, well, I'm too old. (laughs) Either way, it's a good excuse, we think. We're too old. We're too young. You must mean someone else. And that's very common to folk that are called into God's ministry, wherever that is. But God is firm, he's gentle but firm, and he responds in verse 7. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. And what God is saying is is that those I call, I equip. Those I call, I equip. Now that's not just a word to Alistair and Christina, that's a word to each of us. Because each of us has our own mission field, whether it be our family, which can be the toughest mission field of all. Sometimes you feel it's a little bit easier to go to Africa than to work with the mission field that is your family. Or at school, could be your mission field. Uh, In the workplace, the golf club, wherever you are, God has called you to be his person for that time, and he says, those I call, I equip. And then we continue. Verse 9, the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. And in this final part of Jeremiah's commissioning, we see three key similarities with the Great Commission. So we'll just do a little bit of a compare here with Matthew 28 and Jeremiah's commissioning. So what's similar? Three things. Uh, the first thing, the first of three. To the other nations, you notice that it's to other nations, this is the commission of Jeremiah. It's to make disciples, but it's phrased to build up and to plant with Jeremiah, and it is I will be with you. Now, there's some key differences as well. That's for another time. But the similarities are this. Jeremiah and us us as Christians are sent to other nations to make disciples or to build up. And God promises to be with us. However, as this commission is Jeremiah's great commission, it's not his greatest commission. There is another commission that is even greater than this that is found later on in Jeremiah. It slips under the radar because it's posed as a question. So let's have a look at this greatest commission. And the greatest commission is found in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 21. So this is greater than chapter 28 of Matthew. I know some people are thinking, well, I'm not quite sure about this. Here it goes. Jeremiah 30, 21, God's words, for who is he who will devote himself to being close to me, declares the Lord. That's our greatest commission. I'm not saying that the Great Commission falls away or wasn't important, but this is the greatest commission. Let's spend some time in Scripture just opening us up. Many of you are familiar with uh, Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20. Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus speaking. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. 
Now, most of us, including myself, make a little mistake here. What we tend to use this verse, it is evangelism to do with conversion. This is an extremely helpful image of what happens when someone becomes a Christian. Jesus is on the outside. He's knocking on the door of your heart. For all those that listen and invite him into their lives as Lord, he will come in and live with you and abide with you. And that's what it is to be a Christian. And I still use that unapologetically as a good description for people that are exploring or wanting to know what it is to be a Christian. But do you know that that was not written, that letter by Jesus was not written to non-Christians, it was written to Christians, it was written to the church at Laodicea. This is first of all words to you and I before it is words to someone who doesn't know the Lord yet. And so Jesus is saying this to us. I am knocking on the door of the hearts of Christians. And well, not everyone's listening. Not everyone is being devoted to being close to me. And goodness me, when a Christian hears my voice and opens the door, our fellowship is sweet. It is abiding and all fears flee away. Who will devote themselves to being close to me? And see, that's the context of which that verse was originally written and spoken. That is the words of Jesus to you and I. Who will open up the door? Who will devote themselves to being close to me? And it's similar in James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. James chapter 4 verses 7 and 8. And there's a sense where God does not move, but we do. Even as Christians, we can move away from God. And that is why he says, I knock on the door of your heart. Whoever listens, I will come in. This is why he says here in James, come near to God and he will come near to you. If you feel far from God, guess who moved? It's not God. And there is this promise that whoever devotes themselves to being close to God will find him in a way that is sweet and wonderful and special. And so this is the greatest commission. And there are some implications, two implications from our Jeremiah passage that I want to leave with you. And the first one is to do with our worth and our prayer. So the first implication from the Jeremiah passage concerns your worth and the second one is your prayer. Listen to Jeremiah 1.5 again. God's saying to you and I, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Isn't it worth just pausing and lingering with? Isn't it reassuring to know that our worth resides in the heart of God who knew us before we were born? Before we came into existence? We mattered to God. Reminds me of uh, Psalm 139. 139, wonderful passage written by David who expounds on this in quite a lovely way. Psalm 139 from verse 13. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. 
When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came into being. See, the world prioritizes wealth. Your worth is tied up on how wealthy you are and how flash your car and your house and your technology phones and all that sort of stuff. Or on how good-looking you are. Our society puts a lot of worth on, on good looks. Or experiences. You know, what experiences have you? What sort of travel? And the world puts its worth on how many Instagram followers you have and how many likes for each post. But that's all topsy-turvy. Our worth is not on these superficial, uh, worldly priorities and values. Our worth is wonderfully tied up with him who knew us before we were born and knew each of our days and still loves us. And that is one of the most powerful things in the gospel. Like Jeremiah, like David who wrote Psalm 139, God knew you before you were born. He was pleased that you were on your way and rejoiced when you came and your worth is tied up in the Father heart of God. And finally, our second take home is a focus on prayer. For those on the mission field, we pray that you will have a heart for the people. We pray that the language, especially Alistair, we pray that the language will come quickly and you'll be effective. We pray for opportunities to share the gospel, for a home and for all those practical things and for the children to be settled, and we pray and we pray. But most of all, church, can we pray for Alistair and Christine and the children that they will devote themselves to being close to God. Because it's when you're close to God and you're captivated by his love and his beauty and his glory and that deep sink in, and you know your worth is tied up and not how good a missionary you are or whatever, then it just overflows into everything that you do. And your words become sweet because they have the taste and the aroma of the love of Christ. And while you're praying for Alistair and Christina and the family to devote themselves to being close to God, pray for yourself too, that you will also have a heart for Jesus. And most of us, we struggle with that. We're so distracted, or we like having God on the fringe. You know, We like having God in our life because he gives us these blessings and it's good to call upon him, and we know that heaven is all sorted out. But we don't like him to come too close because there are some other things that we quite like having as well. And that's not good. You're never going to grow in the Lord. So maybe your first prayer is, Lord, I actually don't want to be that devoted to you, but please change me. Create in me a hunger and a thirst for you so that I will not rest until I have grasped hold to Christ and all that he has for me. And so today, the Great Commission, we're part of that Great Commission in that we are sending folk to all nations to make disciples. But equally, each of us is involved in the Greatest Commission. And so my challenge for each of us today is, when Jesus knocks on the door of your heart and says, who will devote themselves to being close to me, that you will hear his voice, open the latch, and invite him in and say, here I am, Lord. I am yours. Let's pray.